2: Coming up on the rub. So I can understand why why many folks feel like they were not uh, consulted on the, the front end of this plan, but um, but it's not over. I mean, this discussion still is going on right now, and I think that's a good, healthy discussion for the community to have. And I, and I
3: really think that we can get somewhere that where with a compromise where everyone can be pretty happy about it. And I hate to say this word, but it was a a dictatorial approach. It was one firm choosing one firm from Chicago to come up with one plan. And it was kind of just given to Memphis and Maine saying, all right, work with this. What are your specs? And kind of fit into this box. And these are the designs, but we may tweak it 5% here or there. And, of course, Memphis and Maine is going to kind of be like, whoa, we didn't have to this. Jimmy.
4: Should I boil my ribs before smoking them? Okay, you cannot see the expression on my face right now because we're on radio. <laughs> this is radio, not TV. Yeah, is that I, a good I, thing. though? I, I'm, I'm, yes, that's a very good okay. thing.
0: I, I'm, hey, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't write the question or ask the question, Jimmy.
4: Yes, and don't tell me who wrote, who who sent this in because I noticed, don't want to stalk. Notice I
0: left the name off. Yeah, because, I noticed that because
4: yeah. I'm going to come back and have to stalk
0: them. Yeah, we, um, we won't let you know that Peggy wrote it.
1: From the backyard to competition cooking, this is a show about barbecue, grilling recipes, and more.
4: This is The Rub. And now, from Memphis Barbecue Supply, here's Jimmy Shotwell. This is the show that's all about barbecue, grilling, and competition cooking. I'm with Forrest Gidman from the studios of 600 WRAC and 92.1 FM in Memphis, Tennessee. Home of the world's best barbecue. Coming up,
0: we will hear from a state senator and his take on what's being proposed for Tom Lee Park. Plus, you may have read John Kirksey's op ed piece at the Daily Memphian about Tom Lee Park, Mud Island, Memphis and May, and more. We will hear from John and why he has such a, an interest in what happens downtown. But, Jimmy, let's start with a story about a group of folks in the Bartlett, Arlington area that would like to see a Whataburger franchise move there. I would be all for that if that happened. I don't have the money to invest in a Whataburger <laughs>
4: franchise, but I've got the money to invest in eating some Whataburger. I, I do, too. You can put it directly beside my store or somewhere right there on Highway 64 be perfect. Yeah. Now, now, in my years of traveling, when I was a district sales manager, I, I kind of wish i had more opportunity to try more water burgers because there's some in alabama uh down in the gulf coast and down uh, south of birmingham there's there's one down there, there is, one yeah. in, outside of jackson mississippi and occasionally i would stop there and the few times i went it was good but i wasn't like oh my god this is the best and in an out Burger, on the other hand i was really blown away with um but the thing is i guess absence makes the the heart grow fonder, yeah. Because yeah. now I look back on those Waterburger Burgers, going, ooh, those were kind of good. Yeah, like those, yeah, those were kind of good. It's kind of like Hardee's. We never had a Hardee's around here until a couple of years ago, and then Hardee's showed up, and I was like, I'm going to Hardee's every day. I'm getting that sandwich, getting those 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 hash browns that are so good.
0: Well, see, I remember we had Hardee's here before you moved here back oh. back when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. We had Hardee's around here, and then it goes away. So that's even worse, Jimmy. Is having it taken away from you. And, and then waiting, you know, a couple of decades for it to come back.
4: I grew up in Spartanburg, South Carolina, yeah. the he- home of the headquarters oh, wow. of Hardee's and Denny's. Uh, so that buttered biscuit. I would get that every Sunday morning, either that or Krispy Kreme donuts before we go to church every Sunday morning. So that was a treat. But, uh,
0: well, we, we've talked to you about Gibsons around here since uh, <laughs> you're talking biscuits on Sunday morning, but that's another story. Um, back to, to to Whataburger. Yes. And, uh, I haven't had a Whataburger in years. My mm-hmm. memory of maybe the last time I had it, and maybe one of the first times I had a Whataburger was 2008. It was the NCAA Final Four. Memphis was in that. Yeah. and we stayed, Matt Dillon, who is on the Tiger broadcast with me, he and I stayed for the second game after Memphis beat UCLA mm-hmm. in the Final Four. The second game was Kansas and North Carolina, and we stayed and watched it because we wanted to know who the Tigers were going to play. Yeah. Well, the Riverwalk, which is very famous in downtown San Antonio, like closed up. Like, <laughs> oh, seriously? It was Yeah. It was 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Like when Beale Street here in Memphis is just getting going. Yeah there and there was a group of us about 12 people and we got turned away at a couple of restaurants so <laughs> long story short Matt Dillon and I ended up at Whataburger yeah because they had a drive-through that was open 24 hours and that's Perfect. what we ended up getting so that's my memory of it so a, a at least for that game a very fond memory I did not eat Whataburger after we lost the national championship to Kansas and that's another yeah, whole that's story a, yeah. yeah we don't want to get into no 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 I but, don't want to
4: poke that bear no please no that's
0: that's my memory of it uh we've talked many times on the show about this. Mm -hmm. Jennifer Biggs uh, joined us one time from the Daily Memphian and we talked about In-N-Out, Whataburger, and places like that that we wish would come here. And I know folks want variety, but you know what? When I look at this city, there's already some great burger places to eat. Huey's has a great burger. Canuck has a great burger. Elbow, Mm -hmm. all of them. There's a lot of good local places where you can get a cheeseburger or a burger done pretty much however you want it. Mojo's has another good one that I can Mm -hmm. think of. I mean, there's a lot of them out there.
4: It is. It is. I mean, I I remember the Whataburger being good, but I want my Hughes burger.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I guess if you're looking for a fast food burger, though, if if Whataburger comes, like I said, I would would invest money in buying one of those (laughs) and eating
4: it for lunch several times probably. If I had an opportunity, if Whataburger wanted to come here, somebody wanted to partner up for a partnership for a franchise, I'll throw in money on that. There you go. In recent days on Twitter, State Senator Brian Kelsey
0: floated the idea on the redevelopment of Tom Lee Park and possibly
4: moving Memphis in May to Mud Island. Kelsey says the people behind the Memphis River Parks Partnership shared their plan with him and other lawmakers.
2: Um, Yeah, I I will say they did uh, do a good job, uh, at least to me and and other state legislators, I think, in terms of letting us know that they were working through a design and they were going to be coming out with a... um, with the redevelopment and uh, to try to get um, buy-in early um, you know unfortunately the the conversations with Memphis and May I think are a little more stilted at the beginning and they and so hopefully uh, they can get on the same page here uh, on the back end of the conversation
0: well you know senator you definitely understand as well as anybody but more than a lot of your fellow lawmakers of the importance of what Memphis and May is uh, we hang our hats on the the big barbecue festival and on the uh, the the big three day music event. So you I, you know and understand how important it is. I think for Memphis in May as an organization to try to find a way to keep this intact.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's my favorite uh, month in Memphis by far. Uh, I love being a part of all the festivities that are going on, and as you say, it's a huge economic driver because we're bringing in all these uh, people from other. Other states and other parts of the country, uh, as well as just bring you know fellow uh, Shelby Countyans downtown and to spend their money. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a big driver. We need to make sure that it remains a success, and I think there's a way to do it. You know, I mean, I, I it it may just come down to a, a simple issue of not uh, planting so many trees in the park that you know there's no there are no places left uh, for for people to gather.
4: I know in your full-time job, you're a lawyer, so you do, I'm assuming you spend a lot of time downtown, uh, either at the courthouses or down in that area, uh, either for that job or for your job as a state senator. Um, how often do you get a chance to to experience the re, the revival of downtown in that area?
2: Yeah, well, as I say, I mean, I, I certainly love to go to the Memphis May festivities every year, and, and I mean, I think that's it's an awesome part of being a Memphian. Um, but uh nowadays most of my practice is uh, is in federal courts and a lot of times in other states. But um, but nonetheless, I mean, downtown is is really, really booming right now. I mean we've got all kinds of development going on, uh, from the the um, train station to you know, these new proposed developments for the Union Row and I'm just I'm really excited about what's happening and what will happen and this getting the river park right is a is a big part of uh of ensuring that that success continues
4: and and as a long time memphian you've, you've probably heard folks come out with new ideas of what we can do down there uh, i believe last may there was hey let's put an aquarium on mud island <laughs> there's been a lot of different thoughts and plans to try to redevelop and try to redo that entire front porch if you want to call it memphis um over the years what have your thoughts been on that front porch how to redevelop that how to kind of get that first view of memphis
2: well, you know, I don't claim to be any sort of urban planner or to have, a, have any great ideas on it, but I think that we have already in the last several years gotten more people uh, downtown and gotten them actually to the riverfront, and it's just a matter of, of really um, executing, too, on our projects. You know, I mean, putting a restaurant in was a good idea, not having a gas line was a bad idea. And so, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, we've, we've made mistakes in the past, but I do think that all the things that have been done on the riverfront ultimately have brought more people down there I mean now when you drive past and you do see people in them well once winter is finally over you do see people actually using the park and being outside and, and exercising there and I think that's great um, but uh, again I think I think there's a way to make it uh, both uh, prettier with the addition of some more landscaping while at the same time leaving enough open areas that to to let a park
0: remain a park. Is, is that, was that the reason MRPV gave you when, when you initially met with them on why they're wanting to do this is to, to make it, I guess, more pleasing to the eye? Because it is a big open space, but I I don't see it hampering people from going down there, especially when it's warm. I mean, get ready. In these coming weeks, <laughs> even before Memphis and May, Tom Lee Park's going to be busy with people jogging and running and throwing Frisbees and playing with their dogs, that sort of thing. It hasn't stopped people from going.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, it's definitely more utilized now than it was 10 years ago. There's no doubt about it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I do think the beautification was was uh, part of the idea. And then there's also the, the idea to have further connecting this to Mud Island. And, that, and I do think, I mean, there's no doubt that the southern tip of Mud Island is underutilized now. And, uh, and we do need to do a better job of connecting it to downtown. But exactly how to go about doing that, that's, that's a different Question. I mean, as you say, I mean, you know, I, I just, I don't know that a freshwater aquarium is the, the big draw to get people to get to finally go back to Mud Island. I mean, there were, there was the plan a few years ago to put, put uh, the, to turn it into a, a camping, uh, campground, and that ended up going nowhere. And and I'll be the first to admit, I didn't think that the Bass Pro Shops would be as successful as it is. So I think there are a lot of people who have a lot of great ideas, and and the important part is to just. Be sure that we have a a long and full community discussion to make sure that there's buy in from as many people as possible, and then it doesn't feel like it's like you know it's a plan that's being uh, forced on the community, but it's one that's coming from the community.
0: Well, you know, and that's and that's key about not being forced. Is we here on the show every week, we 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 talk to numerous barbecue teams and people who go and enjoy and and take in
2: with the lucky Land Sluts, You can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: to be quite honest, there's been, I mean, mixed reaction from folks about what the future should be. And, you know, some will say, look, we want to be on the river because that's part of the glory of, of the, especially the barbecue contest is being on the river. Others say, look, we don't care. You know, we, if, if we'll put it at Tiger Lane, put it at Shelby Farms. We don't care. So there's, uh, but I, I would think the majority still want it down on the river. But all of that said, I know that the Memphis City Council and you as a lawmaker and others want to make the right decision, not just for a big financial portion of the Memphis economy, which is that, but also what's right for the people.
2: Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, I do think that Memphis and May should absolutely stay on the river. Having said that, I don't think a one-year disruption is any big deal. I mean, Sure. We, we all went uh, the one year that it was at Tiger Lane, and and it was great that year. I mean, I, I think um, – you know, it still ended up being a success. Did it bring in as much money as before? Probably not, I would guess. But And you guys may know the numbers. But I think a one-year disruption, while that may be annoying for everyone, that's ultimately going to be worth it if we have a, a nicer and better river park in the long run. But I do think that, that, I mean, I would love to see Madison May stay on the river. I think that's an integral part of its success. And um, and I think that everybody wants to keep it there. So it's really just a matter of coming up with with a design that has enough open space left in it uh, for Memphis and May to be a success, so I can understand why, why many folks feel like they were not uh, consulted on the, the front end of this plan. But um, but it's not over. I mean, this discussion is still is going on right now, and I think that's a good, healthy discussion for the community to have. And I and I really think that we can get somewhere that where with a compromise where everyone can be pretty happy about it.
4: And that, that's right. The discussion is still ongoing. I know we talked to Wayne Tapper from the uh, Memphis Hotel Association and also uh, Ernie Miller from Hogwild, who's also the president of the restaurant association the last couple of weeks on the, the show. And both of them have given feedback, uh, some positive and some questions, some concerns they have, especially about the economic impact of Moving Tiger Lane or any interruption in the future, long term. Uh, so, have have they had a chance to express those to you, or have you heard from some of your constituents about some of those concerns?
2: Um, yeah, a little bit. I've talked to Wayne um, a couple of times, but again, it, it's it's um, it's not been any sort of um, huge opposition or anything. It's just uh, it's just everyone wants to make sure that their views are heard, and I think now's the time uh, that that's occurring. And and I know I certainly as a as a state senator, very much welcome um, uh, people's thoughts and discussions. I and mean, we really just began this discussion on the state level, I would say, uh, about a week ago, really.
4: What is the state involvement in the next couple of steps through the redevelopment and everything down there at Tiger Lane? Or, excuse me, Tom Lee. <laughs>
2: Well, the state involvement is pretty simple. Uh the the uh the city and the River Park are asking for state money. <laughs> mm. They want money to redevelop the park and um you know, I'm hopeful that the state can can do its part and can be a part of that. But now that you know, I don't think that the state wants to uh, get involved in in the design itself, you know. I mean, that's that's not something we want coming out of um bureaucrats in Nashville. That needs to be coming uh, from from folks in Memphis and um and then, but hopefully the state can help out with some funding.
4: Is it TDZ money that the the the, the city and the the park is looking for? or What exactly or how are they looking to to get state involvement?
2: They're really just looking at this point for just a straight up state grant. Okay. There's strings attached. Here's the money to, to rebuild the park. That's the <laughs> easiest way to get it funds from the state for sure. They're hard to come by, but, but they're the best kind to get. I was
0: going to say, but but is that the easiest way to get it from Nashville? <laughs>
2: Not, not always, but I mean, I will say, thankfully, um, in the last few years, the state government has um, has been running surpluses. We've been running a good uh, good economic engine for you in state government, and so we have money left over, and so it's not. It's not a crazy, unheard of idea.
4: It's always eye-opening. Uh, back in college at University of Memphis, I interned, actually, at the State House of Representative. Uh, Representative Larry Scroggs was one of my representatives I worked for. I interned up there. It was eye-opening to see the entire process of how the State House and Senate worked, and uh, the fact that we, as a constitution, say, Tennessee, have to run a balanced budget. It was, it was eye-opening. It was a great experience to be up there.
2: Well, I'm glad you got to experience it. Yeah, it really is amazing that that uh, that we pass a balanced budget and we get more done in four months out of the year than Congress can do in two years. <laughs> people, you know, I when I talk to people in other state uh, legislatures around the country too, it's really it's it's very uh, encouraging that they're always amazed that that we're in such good financial shape. I mean, you look at states like uh, Illinois, Kentucky, our neighbor in the north. I mean, they have pension uh, system systems and just can't seem to get their financial house in order. And thankfully, through Democrat and Republican leadership in, in the legislature, we've kept a financially uh, conservative state going forward. It's really something to be proud of.
0: Well, and, and Brian, we do, and we do all of that without a state income tax here, too. I think it should be noted to our outside neighbors. <laughs>
2: Yes, yes, you're welcome for sponsoring that uh, constitutional amendment to make sure that that remains the case. State
0: Senator Brian Kelsey of Germantown. Coming up, one Memphian has his own
4: suggestion for Tom Lee Park Redevelopment and
0: Memphis in May.
4: This is The Rub on 600 WREC and 92.1 FM.
0: This is The Rub. Welcome back. I'm Jimmy Shotwell. And I'm Forrest Goodman. Don't forget, you can check us out on Twitter. Just follow at The Rub Podcast. If you want to find us on Facebook, just search The Rub Podcast.
4: John Kersey is a Memphian that is described as a community activist and a filmmaker and is behind the MemphisArtPark.org. He recently wrote an opinion piece for the Daily Memphian questioning the redevelopment of Tom Lee. Party.
3: Well, I was born and raised here. Then I left for a long time, it, uh, lived in different cities around the country, lived overseas a bit. And then I ended up finding myself back in Memphis about 12 or so years ago. And I actually wasn't intending to move back here. It just kind of happened by happenstance. And while I was here, I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'm going to kind of act like a tourist. I didn't really know my city. You know, I, I grew up here in the seventies and, you know, it was kind of down and out then and, and, I started going to the museums. I started learning the history. I started going to all these local arts events, and then it just started blowing my mind. And I, you know, I, I came across like you know the joke in the street dance, and then the uh, the music scene here. But it seemed that it wasn't, you know, it was poised for a renaissance, but it wasn't quite there. And Memphis wasn't really proud of itself quite yet. And so I started kind of putting all this together and, and saw that. Especially Stacks Museum really blew my mind where, you know, I'm looking at Booker T and MGs and I'm like, oh, it's two white guys, two black guys. And I wasn't seeing that quite that integration in the arts at that time. It's definitely more so now. And so I had the idea for this art center, community art center for downtown to kind of help bring all that together to kind of reintegrate and to kind of get its mojo back. And I just started preaching the word and all of these people started coming to my aid. And next thing I know, I'm developing this business plan. Um, you know, with the designs to create this community art center in downtown. I wanted it to be a showcase space, you know, front and center uh, where all the, you know, tourists were coming uh, as well as uh, people, you know, coming downtown to enjoy our culture. And that was just kind of a spark that got me thinking about Memphis and, and wanting to do this more organic way of developing it, of, of a more sustainable um, grassroots renaissance. And that, you know, I, I achieved a lot of exposure with that project, but the culture didn't seem quite right in terms of our leadership to accept something like that. That was more of a grassroots development than the typical, oh, we'll hire some you know, big developer or um, you know, the professionals to come in and do these big bigger projects that you know, were in public spaces. Yeah, I noticed uh,
4: you, you wrote a wonderful article back in 2017 for the Memphis Flyer uh, about doing the grassroots, roots, getting involved, not just the, the, the individuals, but the city of Memphis, the University of Memphis students, everybody getting involved in giving that ideas and getting that uh, uh, just different perspective than what, the like you talked about, a large corporation coming in here and doing it.
3: Yeah, and, you know, they keep doing these things where the RFPs, oh, it's got to be a super highly qualified developer. And I'm like, why would you limit the the ideas, especially in such a creative and innovative city as Memphis, when the history, it's almost like you're overlooking our history, which is it was, uh, you know, the local geniuses of the most humble origins changing the world. And that was what made us famous and what made us unique. And here we are, and, and it was kind of this, it, to me, I, it was almost like a psychoanalysis. I was like, all right, we were a depressed city in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and now we have this insecurity complex that, that's left over, and we think that in order to leapfrog back into a competitive city that we have to do what other cities are doing. And I'm like, that's missing the whole you know, lesson of our history, and I wanted to see that more of a, hey, let's do things our way in a more unique way and don't limit where the best ideas can come from. And one of the best exercises i did was when i was working on this project you know a lot of this was on a shoestring budget nobody was you know sponsoring me uh, no foundations were you know funding me and so i was trying to think of any way i could pull this off just with passion and you know limited very limited my own budget and one of the things i came across is i said you know what i, I want to get really good designs and at that point it was for the cost of library and then for the fire station, turning those into, you know, the the Community art Center of Memphis Art Park. And so I approached the Department of Architecture at the University of Memphis, and I was like, hey, would you all want to do this as a class exercise? I need designs for this building. You know, each student could do their own version, and they'd love the idea. And so they said, all right, we're going to make this an entire semester class. At the, in, in the Department of Architecture, and I gave them a tour of the fi- The first building we did was the fire station, so I gave all the students a tour of the fire station, and then I said, all right, this is the challenge. We need to turn this into a visual arts center, and they worked on that throughout the entire semester, and I would come in periodically to the class to kind of critique what they were doing. Um, I actually had a local architecture from Arc Inc. come in and uh, was critiquing, you know, what the students were doing, and then we kind of had this final evaluation at the end of the semester, And I literally picked one of the winners, and that became my official design for the fire station.
0: Coming up, we'll have more with John Kirksey and what he envisions for downtown. This is The Rub on
4: 600 WRC and 92.1 FM. This is The Rub. Welcome back, and thanks for listening to the show. I'm Jimmy Shotwell, and I'm Forrest Goodman. John Kirksey has
0: created conversation after his recent opinion piece in the Daily Memphian
4: over Tom Lee Park, Mud Island, and the future of Memphis in May. kirksey he may not have the right answer, but says there are many questions that need answers.
3: You know, and I proposed, I had a certain idea in my article, and that may not be the best idea. Step into the world of power, loyalty. I think the problem is that this was kind of a, a almost like, and I hate to say this word, but it was, a, it was a dictatorial approach. It was one firm choosing one firm from Chicago to come up with one plan, one design, and it was kind of just given to Memphis and Maine saying, all right, work with this, what are your specs, you know, and kind of fit into this box, and these are the designs, but we may tweak it 5% here or there, but this is it. And, of course, Memphis and Maine is going to kind of be like, whoa, we did not yeah. do this. Yeah, that makes sense. And that is where the opportunity is for opening this up to an RFP for anybody to come up with an idea. And, you know, and I actually even um, wrote a comment on my own article uh, yesterday saying, you know, even if you think that this firm um, from Chicago, Studio Game, is indispensable or they, they provide a great amount of expertise, instead of just hiring them, why don't you bring them down as, you know, to give a seminar to local creatives in architecture and design firms? And then maybe they could be the ones who critique, you know, the proposals that are put out there. And that way, you know, we maybe get a little inspired for somebody who has an expertise in this, but you're getting, you know, local flavors for it and local options. And, you know, all of them could work with Memphis and May with their different ideas on how to pull all this off, where it's still a park, you know, for the public, but also a park that is really accommodating and, and, you know, gives the best for Memphis and May and what they've done for the city. Because, you know, what they've done is, is... Oh, at Memphis celebrated. You're exactly right.
0: And the thing that we hear, just to go along those that along those lines, John, is that uh, it's not so much people are against what's going on. It's just I think they felt that they wanted more input, just because there's certain things that are expected with Memphis in May, whether it be the, the the music festival, whether it be the barbecue contest or whatever, and there's certain expectations and, and there's certain things that are needed. And they almost felt like in a way the, the, the cart was being put before the horse and, okay, here's what we're doing. Now you guys can form. And I think that's where some of the frustration came in.
3: Yeah, it was almost kind of like the train was coming out of the way at it. And they were like, all right, this is the deal. And, you know, you got to fit in our box. And I just feel that, you know, they need to have different options, and there's, there's got to be a more creative way, and there's got to be a way to present more options for how to combine the interests of the public with the interests of, of Memphis and May. And I feel like the way it, was, it, was, it went about was just not the ideal. Um, approach. You know, you just don't kind of like, all right, this is it. You have, you know, like, there's not just one way to cook barbecue, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <There's> definitely. Variety <laughs> is the spice of life. And so, you know, you have different types of marinades, different types of rubs and sauces, and like, what's the best combination? Well, you know, you got you to gotta try it out and, and, and give that option to people to come up with like, oh, hey, maybe we could think about this, or maybe this would be ideal for Memphis and May and help the public. But it's just, you'd think you'd want options, and you'd think you'd want locals, and not just and I know this is the typical standard thing to do when you have these public projects. You do the standard public charrette where you invite, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to come in and put their ideas on sticky notes. You know, those, that, that's, it, it comes off to me, and I know there's probably some value in that, but it comes off to me as like, all right, you're just checking off the community engagement box. Yeah. But you're going to do what you're going to do anyway. And, you know, it's. I, I think the real way to do it is to open it up to have – you know, a forum where people can legitimately develop different ideas and plans and even include in that challenge, in that RFP, say, all right, the challenge is, just like I did with the, you know, Department of Architecture University of Memphis. It's like, all right, this is the space. The challenge is how do we make this for the public and for Memphis in May um, without, you know, demoting either one of them.
4: And it was and, great, the article that you wrote, the recent one that you wrote for the Daily Memphian, it actually got my blood going and my juices going as so I'm sitting there thinking of Mud Island, a, a facility that – Really is not used that well. It's it's been a uh, it was great when it first opened. It's kind of gone mm-hmm. downhill. Is not being in use now. So I'm sitting there actually got on Google Maps and started looking at Google Maps, going, yeah. How that would, would <laughs> how would Memphis and May fit that? Because as somebody who's cooked down there in the past and done barbecue contests, I know the logistics. And then I start going, okay, how do you fit Music Fest in there? How do you get folks on and off the island? And it got the juices kind of flowing and it got thoughts going. It's like that kind of makes sense that that would – it doesn't check all the boxes – but it, yeah. it does something that's different than going. Hey, we need to fit here. You need to fit here, and and everybody. And just kind of, it, it kind of got the juices going. And that's one yeah. thing about your op-ed that I liked. The comments that uh, <laughs> I don't know if you read the comments for articles oh, yeah. and whatnot.
3: I got sucked into that.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's a rabbit hole. Sometimes you don't want to go down to. But you had a ton of different comments in there uh, yeah. from different folks. Yeah, it's and, and,
3: and it, that really. You know, with the Mud Island, and I again, I don't know if that's the idea, but it does get you thinking when you look at a Google Map, when it's like the satellite version. Mud Island is actually a very similar, you know, strip of land as Tom Park. And in fact, it, I think acreage-wise, it is bigger. Um, and you have these buildings; a lot of them are unnecessary. You could, as I mentioned earlier, you could, other than the monorail terminal that goes into the museum, there's a stretch of buildings past that that goes to the other, you know, side of the island. That are just kind of like event spaces, or I mean all of that could be all these unnecessary buildings that could be raised. And you can actually move, I mean, I went out there with my architect, and you can actually move the riverwalk. I mean, those are basically big tiles. And as I've you know uh, suggested, you could move that University of Memphis campus would be neat. But what you would be creating, maybe this is the wrong kind of visual for it, but if you cleared everything out except for that monorail terminal and and the museum building, it almost looks equivalent of like an aircraft carrier. <laughs> you know, you yeah. have like this building to the side in the middle, and the rest of it is just one open strip that could be customized. You already have one amphitheater there. You could put another amphitheater on the southern end of the island. You could put one on the northern end of the island, and then you could do this. Uh, I, f- I forgot the term of it, but it's something that's kind of like a, a grass can grow, but it's, it's like a hard surface as well. Um, and then you could do like was suggested for talking. You know, do electrical hookups for barbecue fest, and with something like this, you actually it almost increases the value of the boost, because now you have two river, uh, um, you know, edges. Um, One that's just like Tommy Park facing, you know, Arkansas, but then now you have another side which faces, you know, somewhat the river, um, but downtown. And it actually could be a pretty cool experience out there. And you could, you know, you have this uh, way to get in through Harbortown, um, and they actually have this huge grass area that could serve as a parking lot. Um, so people come in that way. Um, and then you have, of course, the monorail and the pedestrian bridge. Um, and then there's been suggestions of putting a um, way to access island on the southern end with, say, from Beale Street Landing, uh, some kind of maybe two ferries going back and forth. Obviously, that's not going to help with logistics, but in terms of getting people in and out who are coming from Bill Street in that area, so you could have three ways of getting on the island.
4: Yeah, that, I know. Um, I mean, back even last May, they was talk about putting a aquarium down there. Some TDZ yeah. money was set aside for that. Nothing's come about that, but there's definitely yep, been a talk of a now. second a second bridge going from Bill Street Landing, the other pedestrian bridge, to go from Bill Street Landing area to that tip of Mud Island to kind of connect that green line and connect that to Tom Lee. I know that's in one of the plans uh, I've seen MRPP and whatnot. But yeah, you're right. The is dead now but there yeah. are different ideas that can be used for that and, park and i like the right. idea of it being a turnkey almost
3: yeah and that and that and it actually would save memphis and make money long run. you don't have to erect all these stages every time and take them down and then repair the you know the park in the long run it would save the money and that's kind of also you know another point of the article It's like i feel like the priorities are upside down on this in, in a number of ways one is here's mud island that is just kind of dead and yet you're investing, you know, MRPP is, is wanting to invest tons of money into Tom Lee Park when it's really not broken, but Mud Island is broken. And it feels like it's just the priority should be. And on top of that, with the Mud Island, it's like, all right, you fit into our plan rather than why don't we customize some, you know, festival grounds for Mud Island. Yeah. You know, whether it's Tom Lee Park or, in my, in my opinion, you'd know, be better off in Mud Island. But, you know, it, it's those two priorities are, are or kind of upside down to me. It's like the investment should be in Tomley Park, whether, I mean, in um, Mud Island, whether that's to make a customized grounds for Memphis to make or not or something else. And then you can still, I'm not saying that, you know, Tomley Park doesn't need some enhancements. Of course it does, but you don't need to clutter it up with a bunch of stuff. You know, that is the beauty of that park is this unobstructive expansiveness of it. You, you're there and you have this panoramic view of the bridges of Arkansas, of the river, of downtown, kind of all at once. And it's just... You know, I think less is more in this case. Um, but yeah, it seems like I'm, I'm kind of trying to point out, hey, you know, the priorities need to kind of be flipped on their head a little bit here, because um, there is this great opportunity to, rather than, all right, you you know, you know, Memphis and May, this could be like a risk of jeopardizing, uh, you know, how great it is, rather than, hey, why don't we promote them and do something custom built for them that, you know, does not um, kind of uh, hold that park in a way, as they put it, hostage to uh, the festival one, one month a year. Um, I just feel like there's a, a smarter and more organic approach using locals uh, to solve this problem. Well, and, you know, and, uh, and you can see, you know, bringing in, and I'm sure it didn't help, uh, and, and again, I, I should probably say I'm not a spokesman for Memphis May, I did not collaborate with them on this article, this is just kind of my own independent opinion piece, uh, but I'm sure it didn't help um, you know, having a firm from Chicago telling you, all right, this is our plan, versus if it was a local firm, yeah, <laughs> you know, saying, hey, let's work on, you know, trying to figure this out. It's actually, it, they it, had
4: they had two firms. They had one from Chicago, the studio game, yeah, and, and one from New York that did the landscaping. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting and, and about and that's, that. And,
3: and it seems to me that's almost kind of a, uh, with the new MRPP, it seems almost like a new culture over there, because with their branding, they hired a New York firm. With the park signage, they hired a, a New York, a Brooklyn-based design firm. And it's like, you keep you know, it's sending a message out there of, or do you not have any, you know, trust or a confidence in the local design firms or branding firms or designers to, you know, uh, to, to come up with these solutions? You know, for Memphis, you keep hiring all these, you know, out-of-town firms. And, and that goes back to that invest-in-yourself article. It's like we need to change the culture of, you know, of, of some of these decisions of not it being this insecure, oh, we don't have the answers. We have to look outside of ourselves for our answers and how to be great. And I just don't feel like that's the spirit in the history of Memphis. And so this, in a way, is kind of trying to help challenge that, that old cultural mindset um, that I think is, is, you know, it's not just, oh, in this one instance, you know, should change this. I feel like there's a, there's a cultural um, stagnancy from the, the depressive years of, oh, in order to be great again, you know, we have to find the answers outside of ourselves and we have to be told how to do things the right way or be like other cities. And that's just not us. And, you know, I don't think you're going to get a really cool, unique... I mean, people don't... Tourists don't come to Memphis because we're, you know, we're offering them an aquarium just like everybody else. You know, they come to Memphis because we have this really unique culture that nobody had, you know, had ever created. And we're unique. And, you know, why, now that we're having this opportunity for a renaissance, you know, why change that? You know, or why look outside of ourselves to to make our, you know, in their opinion, you know, this great Renaissance when it should be more homegrown to me.
4: Well, I tell you what, the article like got the juices going for me, the thought process. I didn't, went back and read some of the other articles and really enjoyed those. And I hope you still continue keeping this, keeping folks think, keeping folks kind of looking at that Renaissance, kind of looking back here in Memphis. So what's your next steps? What's on the agenda for you going <laughs> in the future in the next couple of months?
3: Oh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I live downtown, and I don't know where this is going to end up. You know, I, I worked on Art Park for, I got, gosh, it was eight years. And when it kind of hit a wall, which is a whole other story that I probably don't get into because it just makes me mad, um, I kind of hit a wall with that. And I, I, I literally had to stop looking at local news and just kind of like, all right, got to take a break. And then I actually started thinking about leaving Memphis again. Um, but I just can't do it. And I, you know, then I started seeing what, you know, I, I wrote, the, I, I thought the end of it for me was to invest in yourself, Memphis saying, all right, I can see where this is going. Maybe I'll just leave this last nugget out there. Um, but then, you know, everything that I was predicting that was hoping that wasn't going to happen, started to happen with this process. And so I kind of had to weigh in again, I'm sure I'll get sucked back into there again in again some fashion. But it'd be interesting to see how this plays out because I know, you know, the next step is Memphis and May working with MRPP. And, you know, I don't know if this um, Mud Island, I actually learned recently once I put this out that there that this idea has been floated around out there here and there. Um, and let's see if this changes that course. I mean, I would love to be involved. If not, that's fine. Uh, you know, I'll probably continue to write opinion pieces here and there as I see fit. Uh, but right now I'm actually concentrating on uh, a film I'm producing and a book I'm writing. Uh, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on, on downtown. And, and who knows, maybe Art Park is not dead and it'll it'll make a comeback. But I'm just kind of watching and, and waiting to see how this plays out with uh, Memphis and May, Mud Island, Tomlin Park. And and hopefully maybe I helped plant a seed to you know change the direction a little bit on that. That's John Kirksey, and you can read
0: his piece at DailyMemphian.com. Coming up, we will have our
4: question of the week, what's going on, and recipe of the week. This is The Rub on 600 WRAC and 92.1 FM. This is The Rub. Welcome back. I'm Jimmy Shotwell. And I'm Forrest
0: Goodman. You can always download the show for free. Do it at iTunes, Google Play, And on the iHeartRadio app. And, of course, you hear it every Saturday right here on 600 WREC at 92.1 FM. Now time for our question of the week. And it comes from Twitter, where you can follow at The Rub Podcast. Jimmy, should I boil my ribs before smoking
4: them? okay you cannot see the expression on my face right now because we're on radio <laughs> this is radio not tv yeah is that I, a good thing though I, I, I'm, I'm, yes that's a very good okay. thing I, I'm, hey i didn't i didn't i
0: didn't write the question or ask the question jimmy
4: yes and don't tell me who wrote who, who sent this in because i noticed, don't want to you. notice i
0: left the name off yeah because, i noticed that because
4: yeah. i'm going to come back and have to stalk them
0: yeah we, um, we won't let you know that peggy wrote it
4: okay peggy uh, thank you for sending this in <laughs> and my blood pressure thanks you bowling your ribs boiling peanuts a great thing to do yeah yeah bowling bo- corn on the cob boiled pretty good bo- born Crawford, boiling crawfish bowling crawfish i love
0: great. crawfish yeah do not do those ribs okay please do not why I should mean, we not do them
4: why should you not do that is first off those ribs as soon as you go in that boiling process you start go ahead and cooking the meat you're not getting any smoke flavor into it yes you may make it a little bit more tender uh you, those bones maybe fall apart for you but If you're boiling them and then pull them off and put them onto a smoker, you're just building smoke on the outside of the meat. You're not getting smoke into it. You're not getting the full breakdown of the connective tissues. Yes, they may be tender because they've been boiled in water or whatever flavor you've got with them, but they're not truly broken down. They're they're not really cooked, smoked, barbecued. They're boiled. They're parboiled. And I've heard of folks being, hey, we're going to parboil these ribs and then smoke them, finish them off. You can tell a difference. I beg you please do not do this uh, take the time rub down your ribs throw them on the smoker if you do not have a smoker or access to a smoker or a charcoal grill you can do it in your oven low and slow mm-hmm. So yeah. just please don't put that pot of water away save that for the bold peanuts save that for the crawfish <laughs> save that for the corn and cobs save that for all that
0: well it was described to me one time and this is years ago yeah. i'd never heard of boiling ribs before and and I knew someone who did it. And and then this was actually uh and this was before that I met you. This was someone who cooked at Memphis May. He said, Well, that's cheating. Yeah. When you do that, he said, "You don't. You don't boil ribs." Uh, I don't know if I've ever had a boiled rib. Uh, I don't. I'll tell you one thing: I don't like ribs in the crock pot. To be honest with you.
4: Yeah, and that—that that is a great description. Putting ribs in a crock pot, you're slow cooking it in that uh, container, but you're getting all the moisture staying in there. You're not. Again, you're not unless you're pouring liquid smoke in there. Yeah. You're not getting a smoky flavor. You can keep your questions coming to us. Just go to at the Rub
0: Podcast on Twitter. Oh, Jimmy, I I feel the springtime warmth in the air. We saw some of it this week. Mm -hmm. The forecast for the next several days looks good once we can get rid of some rain Mm -hmm. that may possibly come in oh boy oh boy is it finally here <laughs> i mean are, are we going to start smelling these festivals popping up in
4: small towns across the mid-south it's already started it's good. already oh, started good good, good. So, so just to get you started we've talked about steak well let's talk about steak this time Horn lake mississippi uh down there at the sportsman warehouse the lions club is having the magnolia steak Cookoff uh for the sca first place $1,500. So if you think you can p- cook yourself a $1,500 steak, this is your opportunity to go down there. They're paying top 10, so 5th through 10th place, you get $100. They're also doing a rib cook and a dessert. So yeah. it's, it's a great little contest there. But if you want true barbecue, Savannah, Tennessee. Okay. Head on over across the Tennessee River. It's actually on the Tennessee River. It's called the Tennessee River Barbecue Battle, and music this is the one you told me about, the tennis Campground, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right there on the bluffs of the Tennessee River, right there in Savannah. It's a KCBS contest. It's going to be a great venue, a great space. Uh, and if you've ever had a chance to be just – it's kind of like sitting on the Mississippi River, but a smaller river – Tennessee River is still awesome to sit there and watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Too bad
0: it's not this weekend because I'll be near the Tennessee River (laughs) uh, for uh, a softball tournament this weekend for my daughter. And so, too bad it's not uh, this weekend. So, okay, so you got that going on in Savannah. That's a nice little road trip. It's not bad at all. Anything else? Oh, yes.
4: We got a road trip to New Orleans. Oh, yeah. We've kind of talked about it in the past. Hogs for the cause. March 29th and 30th. Uno Lakefront in Nola down in New Orleans, uh, Hogs for the Cause. I mean, we know those guys in New Orleans can cook some good food, um, but man, the, this festival, first off, it's not a true, true old school barbecue festival. It's a fundraiser. They started this in 2009 as a fundraiser for a local patient with brain cancer and just a bunch of guys and girls getting together cooking a hog. Well, in the last 10 years, has grown where they funded now a facility down there called the Hog House. Uh, they've done a lot of things, but it's still a barbecue contest, uh, and it's still fun. They even got a bacon night. Oh, wow. A bacon. And I, I don't want to take it too much. I've got to read some of these. Th- There's some of these different things bacon wrapped jalapenos we yeah. we well, that's good we know that now now weren't you weren't you going to save some of these for recipe of the week okay yeah i'll say some of these
0: okay recipes. so it's, if, it's just... if that's it for what's going yeah. on all right we will now turn the page <laughs> to our final segment
2: <laughs>
0: and with the recipe of the week instead of me asking jimmy what he's cooking what do you want to see someone cook up for us to sample? What does this look like? Well,
4: we were talking about Hogs for the Cause, where they have a bacon night. And, yeah. this, and they've got it posted on their website, the 2019 Bacon Night Dishes. Mm-hmm. And good Lord, brother, this is some good good stuff yeah
0: now let me just say for me to stop jimmy a while ago in mid-sentence to hold off i mean he i think he looked at me like i was bacon and he was ready to chomp my head <laughs> yeah. off but now you'll understand why because i mean this is more like you said than just r- bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers yeah. i mean oh, yeah. that's there that's there but there's other ideas of things that like you gave me one idea
4: of nutella and bacon oh and- yeah 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 there was a nutella and mascarpone mousse topped with salted caramel in a bacon peppered bowl, okay. I'm I mean, in. I, just think about that bacon pepper bowl with Nutella mascarpone little mousse in there, salted caramel on top. Yeah, see, the oh. salted
0: caramel just is what set that off for me. Uh, when when you describe, you that. got salt, you yeah. got
4: sweet, you got savory, and you've got that crunch of that bacon bowl. I mean, I'm that, I'm drooling about that right there. Uh, but it's not just that. I mean, you've got the standard like candy bacon on here, the bacon wrap jalapenos, clam chowder with bacon shots. So bacon yeah. again, a bacon using the bacon as a cavity, using it yeah. as a device to bring something
0: else. All right, what is on the list that Jimmy Shotwell would like to cook up?
4: this weekend or or maybe as a practice run for
0: Memphis
1: and May
4: no practice there's so many things on here i mean the the one couple ones that jumped out to me um a bacon mac and cheese waffle cone uh, i've got to sit there with the bacon mac and cheese waffle cone that that's just going to be very interesting too but there was another one uh the elvis bar which is a peanut butter shortbread with caramel banana jam and candy bacon on it a combination i don't know if i would have quite ever thought of but one i'll buy into yeah yeah i mean that, that that one's or Jumbo Lump Crab and Peppered Bacon Slider with Brie Cheese. Oh, boy. Oh. All right,
0: what, where, what website do we find these for anyone listening that wants to go there and and, and do this? And, folks, if you try any of these, if you give us uh,
4: a picture of it, you can just uh, tag us on Twitter, at The Rub Podcast. We'd love to see a picture of it. Hogsforthecalls.org. It's happening in New Orleans March 30th, uh, so take a road trip to New Orleans. Enjoy this festival. All these teams, there's like 80 teams down there they're gonna be sampling out all Mm -hmm. this on their bacon night plus they're doing a whole hog contest ribs and butts it's gonna be a great event in new orleans i I really wish i get the weekend off and go down there all right jimmy that does it for us another show in the books as always thanks for joining
0: me thank you forrest usually you have a pearl of wisdom (laughs) yeah nothing nothing smart uh, (laughs) to say
4: (laughs) you you're always gonna do the have fun grill out. oh i'm still gonna do that
0: it's just usually you have some type of pearl of wisdom at home
4: Okay, fine. No, it's it's good. So, leave, leave thank it you, Forrest. Because a lot
0: of this is going to be left in the show anyway, I
4: bet. <laughs> you thinks so? This is better than a blooper reel. <laughs> well, everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy your weekend. And I'm going to go home now. <laughs> for
0: Jimmy Shotwell, I'm Forrest Goodman. Get out there and grill, smoke, or cook something good this weekend. So long, everybody. You can listen to The Rub on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, and Google Play. You can also hear it Saturday afternoons at 3 on 600 WREC
4: and 92.1 FM. Like The Rub on Facebook. Just search The Rub Podcast. You can also follow the show on Twitter. Just search at The Rub Podcast. The Rub is a production of Memphis Barbecue Supply, Good Media,
0: and 600 WREC and 92.1 FM.